Hey everybody, welcome back to The Bind. It's great to get to be with everybody again today. Today's a Friday. I do not typically see clients on Fridays. I have um, been pretty adamant about taking Tuesdays and Fridays off just because I see so many people Monday, Wednesday, Thursday that it's nice to have those extra days where I can really let my body decompress after holding so much with so many people. But I had a client reach out to me that I haven't seen in quite a while. Usually if a client reaches back out to me after not being in for a while, I want to make it a point to see them. Uh, even if I couldn't help them on the long term, I want to be able to uh, see what's going on with them. Because in therapy, there's a relationship of trust that's been built there and something about them feels safe to come to you. For this in particular client though, I think that uh, it really took a toll on me today because I knew her in our therapy sessions. I knew her to be one thing, one way, process one direction, and it, it had always been fairly solid with that. And uh, today was so different. This client was going through a very heavy situation in their personal life. And prior to today, we typically worked on uh, who she is as an individual, not so much who she is within her family system. And she really needed some processing in that family system work. And I've got to be vulnerable with you all and tell you that I am bouncing back and forth the degree to which I messed up our process together today. She's sharing with me some very deep pieces of what she's going through right now. And she even at the beginning of the session grabbed a box of tissues and said, I'm just preparing myself now. And so she began to share her story. And as she shared, I went into problem solving process mode, asking questions too quickly. And um, I could tell as I was talking that I was digging myself further and further into disconnect from this person. I looked at her and said, I'm wondering what's happening for you because I noticed your face is shifting. And she shared with me, well, I had come in here wanting space for myself to have the emotions that I want to feel. And you made it heady. You started problem solving. And that wasn't what I wanted. And so now I don't feel safe. I was so proud of her that she could communicate that to me. But of course, just like there's a process going on for her in that session, there was also a process going on for me. And so I think that from there, I kept trying to earn back her trust. And let me just tell you, when we try to do that, there's this whole botching system that happens because we can't just say, I'm trustworthy, just move toward me and let's just move on from what you are feeling. And I think I wanted that. I wanted it to be okay for her because I needed it to be okay for me. And uh, that just was um, setting off this whole chain of events in which I was having to work in overdrive to hold her anger and hold my own disappointment in myself that I couldn't be what she needed me to be. I think that that raises such a good point in, in the process of working with other people when it comes to helping people get in touch with their own vulnerabilities, their own emotions. We have to be so careful that we stay steady not to rob them of that process and assume that we know exactly where they need to go in said process. And it made me think to myself, you know, I don't know that I will have this client's trust back. I think that um, I probably did some work with her 
in what I was doing that put her in a space where she's going to have to discern, is this person safe enough to do this process with? Does this person actually know what I need or do they just think they know what I need? Uh, do I even know what I need and is this it? So many things I'm sure are happening for that individual. At the end of the day, it's not actually about me and how it's going to impact me, but what I'm saying is what I did and how it had an impact on me also reverberated and had an impact on her own process. And there's something therapeutic about that in and of itself, but you know, it's worthy of talking about that we never fully know how what we are doing is going to have an impact on the one that we are in process with. I shared with you last time that I really wanted to talk about who we are as individuals and also who we are within tribes because I don't know that the two parts always work simultaneously well together. It's a balancing act. Like I said in the last session when I mentioned we were going to talk about this more in depth that it's a process and uh, we won't get it right 100% of the time and that doesn't necessarily make us wrong. There is process in the imbalance just like there's process in the balance. We just happen to love the way that the balance feels way more than we love the way it feels in the imbalance and today it just felt like an imbalance. Uh, so I had to like go in and I had to make the process a little bit about me after the session. In the session, it was all about her. But then after the session, I had to go in and check in with myself. Didn't like how that session went. Feel like I really did wrong by my client. And now I have to figure out how I can holistically heal my own heart, knowing that I may not get to see this client again, which would be really disappointing. But that's just is what it is. Uh, as a therapist, I do not go chasing after people who need to go away. I'm sure that that is having an impact on some of you, uh, but we can talk more about that. Ask me questions about that. I'm happy to answer it. I'm happy to speak to it. So one thing that I processed after my session with this individual was what was I feeling about the trust that was or was not existing in that room? And then my brain went to this bigger space because this has been a common theme in the therapy room. I mentioned at the last session, there's been common themes that have been showing up. And one of those common themes is tribal trust. And, you know, when I say tribal trust, you could think in terms of a relationship between two people or a relationship between many people. And that could be as small as a family unit or as big as culture as a whole. So I'm processing this idea of trust and how untrustworthy we all feel to one another right now. At least that's my interpretation. We have this very heavy racial turmoil that's going on in our nation right now. And what I do know is many people are processing it. I don't know that I've had one client that hasn't come into therapy needing to process what's happening for them with all of the racial tensions right now. But what I do know is everybody is holding it so differently some people are taking action. Some people feel paralyzed and immobile. Some people feel angry. Uh, some people are just disappointed. And some people are really taking the bull by the horns in their individual process of how they can, at the individual level, shift their perspectives to see others more clearly. And so one of the things... I was noticing about my exchange with this client is, wow, like, it's okay that she doesn't trust me right now. And I can't necessarily rescue this process. People have let her down in her life. She has been one to always be available and willing to help others. And I don't know that anybody has offered her the same grace and availability that she offers. This is a lot of people. We 
want to do good by others and be available to others. And oftentimes it comes at the expense of our own wellness. And so then we stop trusting relationships. We don't fully know other people's intentions. We don't really know if people fully get who we are or where we're coming from. And then even in the collaborative conversation where we attempt to bridge those things, there still may be a disconnect of where do we go from here. I had another client yesterday as I was processing what was happening in this session today. As I was doing my process, I went to that commonality theme. And this client and I have a longstanding relationship. Uh, We've been doing therapy together for years. And she came in and she was closed off. And she has very particular things she does in our session to let me know when she is closed off and she doesn't want to be trusting me and she doesn't know what she's willing to give me. With her, this is a very typical response that I get from her, and so I know how to sit in that space and feel comfortable in that space. And it really boiled down to the macro level of how she was feeling about society and racial tensions as a whole and being angry with white culture. This is an individual of color, just to give you background. She didn't know how she felt about white culture as a whole, and I am white, and I think it made her angry just knowing that I was part of a group that is in opposition of what she is trying to work toward right now. Um, That may not be fully making sense to you, but stick with me. What I'm saying here is she's in a minority group. She feels polarized from where I am because I am in a majority group, and by the very nature of our polarization ethnically, she felt that distance with me. And she was trying to recalibrate whether or not I was a safe person for her. So I sat and we sat in the silence and we just held that space together. And after a little while of processing in the silence, there was some laughter that came. And laughter is a beautiful connector for individuals. And that was what she needed in that moment. And she laughed and I think that her response to me was, this makes me angry because I want to be angry with you right now and I can't be. I said, okay, okay, you can be angry with me. It's fine. I can handle that. She's like, no, you don't understand. I can't be angry with you. Okay, well, why not? Well, because you're you, but I am angry. I'm angry at the white race. Okay, that's fine. You can be angry at the white race. White race pisses me off sometimes too. I get it. Okay. And in that, we started to have this dialogue where we started bridging ourselves and connecting a little deeper. I let her know it was okay that she reached a space in which she couldn't trust me. And I had to remind her, there is her and my relationship, which is at a micro level, a micro tribe. And then there's her relationship with me on a cultural tribal level, which is bigger and holds bigger uh, disparities or connectors or disconnectors. And I think she was really trying to process where she was at in that. To ask herself, do I have permission to be close and connected to someone at the micro level and not betray my tribal self and the bigger goals that I want to accomplish within society? And I will be one of the first ones to tell you, I don't know that we know as a society yet exactly what larger cultural goals we're working toward accomplishing. Like we know it at the big level, but what are those things? How do we narrow it down to changes we see at the singular level, changes we see at the greater level, how we create that common space where 
we cultivate peace rather than war. And sometimes, as a cultural family, we have to engage in war. It's like a brother-sister war. And duke it out. It's looking pretty rough right now in society, and people are feeling the heaviness of that. But I do think that war can cultivate solution, especially civil wars among brothers and sisters from a connected cultural tribe. So let me bring it back around and try to work through that ever difficult task of cultivating trust in the midst of vulnerability at the individual level. What do you all think about that? What is your own experience with trust? What's your own experience with relationships at the micro-tribal level and the greater macro-tribal level and how that impacts how you are with somebody. And let me give you some examples of the way that I see this play out on a day-to-day basis. I do not love social media. Some people thrive in it. I'm not one of those people. And here's why. This is something that happens for me when I experience social media. Uh, And let me also preface with, I don't really have social media beyond Facebook. So I'm one of those people. Like, you know, when video games started coming out, We got the Nintendo, we got the Super Nintendo, we got the Sega, and then, like, I was done. I wasn't able to get to that space where I could go in and um, put the effort forward to try to learn yet another gaming system. So just like with the Internet, uh, Facebook was kind of that um, foundational piece of introducing us to social media versus just Internet surfing and chat rooms. And I joined it, and then after that, they just started adding a million other platforms and I just couldn't keep up with the times. One thing that I notice on Facebook is that if you get on and you see those hot button cultural topics that are typically political in nature that impact us as a large cultural societal family, people get very heated and we are extremely polarized. And you either see a post in which the only people who respond to the post are ones that are in full agreement, or you see a person who responds to it in complete polarization, and we take away regard for all the other parts of the person we're in conflict with. And to me, that is a huge breakdown of other parts that could keep two people connected in conflict. And so I think social media disconnects people in conflict. And when we have conflict, We need those trust elements that keep us fused together with the person that we're sorting out our experience so that way we can bridge that gap. Now, don't think that I don't think that some people are not able to do this even in real life, but for the most part, most of us can have a conflict with another person and still hold love for them. Uh, Social media doesn't necessarily lend itself to bridge conflict with connected elements that keep the trust intact. So hopefully uh, you're picking up on what I'm saying here. Now let's bring it back home and let's talk about these situations with these two individual cases that I had in which trust was breaking down. In each situation, I got to a place in session with my clients in which they weren't feeling safe. And if I'm not feeling safe, that means that something about my trust for you is breaking down and I have to determine where this relationship is going to go. Can I stay in it? or do I need to separate myself from it? With the first client, uh, the jury's still out. I don't know if what we had in the past is enough to reconnect her after the break in our session today, that, that disconnect. With my session with my other client, in which we've had that ongoing longstanding relationship, her distrust for a part of who I am was able to be bridged by 
other parts of who we are, other elements of my identity that allows her to know I am indeed a safe person for her. There's just a part of me that's unsafe right now. And at the tribal level, there's always this dance going on in which I am a part of something, I'm connected to it, and I'm believing in what it represents, and it is part of me for all intents and purposes, but there may be parts of me at the individual level or other tribal level, there may be other tribes I'm part of that's in conflict with another tribe and trying to identify, is it okay for me to have conflict within parts of who I am, the individual self, the micro tribal self, the macro tribal self, and other tribes. We're not singular. Humans are multifaceted. We have many layers to what makes us tick and collaborate and exist or feel disconnected or connected, which means that sometimes the things we think we can turn to and rely on to help us through what we're going through or process other situations in our life don't necessarily work. They're not the thing that we need for that time. And also, it's very possible that sometimes something that serves us at one point in time in our life, it doesn't necessarily serve us in the same way at a later point in time, which we can talk about that more um, in another session. Just that idea of, is it possible for me to be a new person and still encounter parts of my past or people from my past and feel like I can honor both of those parts because of the change that's happened. In today's session, what I want to really drive home, what I want for you to think about and be processing is how do you cope with knowing that while there are parts of you that connect you to others, that establish love with others, friendship with others, safety with others, simultaneously there are parts of you that are inherently dangerous to others how good are you at trusting the process that it isn't necessarily about you if somebody else is having a process as a result of something that you have done in the relationship or something that maybe you haven't done but by the very nature of who you are it's having an impact on the other person in the tribe can you make space for that to be okay can you tolerate it Sometimes people don't have the ability to tolerate that because it feels so heavy and the rejection feels so close to home that um, you may not necessarily know what to do to recover from the pain of that loss and separation. I think that in these two particular cases that I'm talking about, I, as the therapist, experienced that at two different levels and I have to ask myself, do I just stop being a therapist? Do I move forward in the fear of I'm going to screw things up for people? Or do I trust that maybe the process was exactly what it needed to be? The way things happened, I cannot change. If there's opportunity for repair, then I would allow that process to take place. But in the event that there's not opportunity for repair, can I forgive myself enough to move forward and know that who I am as an individual impacts who I am at the tribal level, but those two pieces don't necessarily always align well together. There's a balancing, there's an imbalancing, and I am constantly having to shift and make accommodations or concessions based on what's happening for me at any given level of my identity, my individual self, my tribal self, my multi-tribal self. Before we end for today, what I want for you to be thinking about for your own self is how well you are able to tolerate that discomfort of knowing sometimes 
you mess it up, whether it was something you said that had an impact on the other person or just the very nature of where you come from and other tribes that you stand for, that's a disalignment to who the other person in your micro tribe is. These are great processing questions to help you grow and interreflect and better develop that core part of who you are and make space for the hurt parts just as much as you make space for the healed, holistic, healthy parts or happy parts. I don't know that healthy is the right word for that. I hope that this provoked you today to think more on that idea of tribal self and individual self. We're going to keep talking about this concept and keep pushing toward the growth of who we are individually, tribally, and that is going to be a piece that I guarantee you is going to help you grow and heal parts of you that may not know yet how to tolerate conflict that you have with others. And instead of always jumping in to try to save and to fix, instead learning how to make space. It's not a whole lot different from our last session. I asked, do you have the ability to make space for another person's process? It's the same question again. We're just approaching it from a different angle, a different concept that happens to us in our relationships. I hope you have a great day. Uh, We will jump back into this relationship piece in our next session in a week. And as always, don't hesitate to visit thebindpodcast.com to just drop me a message if you would like, ask me some questions. Uh, I would love it if people wanted to pose some relationship questions or individual uh, self questions that you're just wanting to process on a larger scale. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to being with you all again in a few days. Have a great weekend.